I love this story so much and there's so much good here and I wish that we could just kind of go through and talk about every detail and pick apart every word and everything that's going on. But what I want us to do this morning is just for a few minutes, I just want to give us uh, a couple of, just explain a couple of things uh, that will help us just kind of be in awe of Jesus and help us love him and appreciate him for all that he is, all that he's done for us. And so I love Luke chapter two. You, he gives us three different pictures that I really would just want us to walk through. He gives us the first picture we see in Luke chapter two is this, this drama that's unfolding. Uh, the second picture that we're going to see is just this incredible declaration about who Jesus is. And the third picture that we're going to see this morning is this uh, discovery of Jesus Christ the Lord. And so there's the drama, there's the declaration, there's the discovery. And so this morning, I want you to look with me in verse four as we kind of talk through the drama of what was happening when Christ was born into the world. So it says in verse four, Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and he was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths, and she placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And so I want you just to notice this scene. Mary and Joseph are packing their bags, and they take this trip to Joseph's hometown because of this national census that had been issued. And so Mary, she's late in her pregnancy, 37, 38, 39 weeks. Could you imagine going to your husband's hometown and this late in pregnancy? And the time comes for her to give birth. She goes into labor. And I was just thinking about this story this week. And I go, we so often just miss the humanity. We miss the realness of what was going on here in Luke chapter 2 when Jesus was born. You know, I was thinking about like just the disappointment that probably sunk that sink in Mary's heart. I mean, let's just be honest, like she, uh, this was, was not her birth plan. This is how not things like, this is not the way that she thought this was going to go down. Here she is a long way from home. She, her doctor was nowhere, nowhere near her. She was not going to deliver at her hospital. Her mom was not going to be by her side. The reality starts to sink in that she's going to give birth literally in a garage that her mother-in-law is going to hold her baby before her own mom does. Can you imagine the disappointment like in that moment? You think about Joseph and I go, can you imagine the fear that sank in his heart when he realized that he was the on-call doctor that day? <laughs> that if this baby was coming into the world, that he was playing quarterback, he was taking that snap, like. <laughs> and I go, you can just imagine the, the fear. Like, I've never delivered a, what in the world? I was thinking about the, the joy that they experienced as they held their newborn baby son, Jesus on that very first Christmas night. You can just imagine like Joseph kissing his wife's head, like running his fingers through her hair, like with tears in his eyes as he's praying, thanking God for letting his wife come through this delivery safe. You just imagine him, his eyes filled with joy as he holds his son and you realize that he's got a healthy baby boy. I was thinking about how sweet it would have been to have watched Joseph swaddle Jesus for the first time and you know he was terrible at it. Like, in that moment where they, they laid him down in this little feeding trough. Can you imagine? Like this is the, the way that our Lord and Savior chose to be born into our world. Humble and beautiful and real. And I love this drama that we see unfolding. The second picture that we see in Luke is this incredible declaration. So look with me in verse 8. 
There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. They were keeping watch over their flocks one night, that night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and, he, and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. For today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you and he is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, shepherds. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And I love what is going on here, what's unfolding. There's so much going on in this one little scene. Like you have one angel and he's talking to the shepherds. And then all of a sudden, this incredible host of angels. And the, the word in the Greek for host literally means it's an uncountable number. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands show up and they just start worshiping, praising God. What is so beautiful and powerful about this scene is that these angels, they know who Jesus is and they know how good things are about to be for us because Christ has come to earth. You know, when the job that I worked at before I started working here, at Ethos, I remember there was this buzz around the campus that I was a part of uh, when these two people, they're actually a part of our church, Ken and Nancy, when they lived over in Malibu, California, and they were moving to, to Nashville. And everyone that knew Ken and Nancy, every time that they found out that, that they were coming to, to work with us, they'd go, man, you're gonna love them so much. They're, they're kind and they're loving and they're generous and they're, they love the Lord and they love people. And you're gonna be blessed simply by just getting to be around them because they're coming to, to your place. And I just kept thinking about the beautiful picture that's unfolding here in Luke chapter two is that the angels have, have been bowing at the feet of Jesus from the very beginning. They see Jesus, they know the goodness of Jesus and the realness of Jesus. And their only response when they see that Jesus has come is to worship God because they know how good things are gonna be for us because Christ has come. And it's all because of verses 10 and 11. And I encourage you this Christmas season, man, I encourage you to underline uh, those two verses in your Bible, highlight them on your phone. Just dwell on these two verses this Christmas season. I love what the angel says in verses 10. He says, do not be afraid. And I go, man, that's where so many of us, like we, we come into this place and we're just fearful. We don't know God. We've been told all these things about him. And you come into this place full of fear that God is against you, that God has come to destroy you or whatever. And the, the angel has the same word for you. Do not be afraid. He says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. For today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you and he is the Messiah, he is God. And I wish we had time to, to go through and talk about all those words, but I want us to really hone in on that word savior this morning. The word savior in the original language means a rescuer. And I think this is so powerful because you, know, you think about being saved or being rescued, you're, you're saved from something, but you're also saved to something. Right, so you think about if, if your kid or one of your buddies is drowning in a pool or the ocean or wherever it is, you save them out of the water and you save them to dry ground, right? Or one of your buddies a military and, and he's in the middle of war, you, you save him out of a hostile war ground and you, and you, and you save him to a, a peaceful place of rest. And the angel, this, this angel that has been in the presence of Jesus, he's, he, he looks at us and he goes, man, the savior has come to, to rescue us. And we go, rescue us from what? He's come to rescue us from our sin. 
I don't know if you've ever like come face to face, face to face with your own self, your own sinfulness. Have you ever had one of these moments where you just realize just how just ugly and sinful your own heart and life is? Paul tells us in Romans chapter three that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That we constantly, we, we carry around this shame and this guilt on our shoulders because of our sin. We, we carry around this fear that we're gonna stand in front of God one day and it's gonna be a terrifying moment because of our sin. We, we, we live in this place where we're fearful of death. This shroud, this cloud of death just hovers over us. And Jesus has come to, to save us from that to release us from our sin. So Romans three, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In the second part of that verse, but all are justified freely. All are forgiven freely. All are declared righteous freely because of what Jesus Christ has done in coming and in dying. You know, Christ has come to save us from our sins. So we don't have to live this life being fearful that God is against us, that Christ has come to relieve from us the, the guilt and the shame. He's come to, 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 to release us from this, to save us from this. But he's also come to save us for something else, save us to something else. And I, I love the message that the angel spoke to the shepherds. The, the very nature of his message was an invitation to, to know Jesus. So he shows up and he says, today the, the Savior is born, the, the Lord is born, the Christ is born. He said, and go and see him. I don't want us to miss this because this is so central to the Christmas story that the very nature of Jesus is coming. He isn't just come to save us from our sins. He's come to save us so that we can know him and enjoy him and worship him and walk with him and live with him. Had a really just amazing moment. Yesterday, Courtney was out Christmas shopping. Courtney's my wife. Finley was taking a nap. She's my two-year-old little girl. And so Jones and I were just having a little man time. He's my almost six-month-old son. And I was just holding him. And he's such a smiley and giggly little baby. And he loves when I put my big nose in his like, neck and just rub it around because he just giggles and he laughs. He gets that like, deep belly laugh and just live for that. And I was sitting there for just 10 minutes. And my whole goal was just to make my son laugh and smile. And I just had one of these moments where I realized like, this is why we brought him into the world. <laughs> to enjoy him, to love him, to know him, to have relationship with him, to, to put a smile on his face over and over and over again. I go, you and I are so incredibly loved by God. And he's created us and he sent Christ to, to, for, to save us from our sins and to save us for himself so that we could experience God. So we can know God. So that we could see how real God is. That he's not just some character in an old storybook, but that he's alive and well and beautiful to see how kind and generous he is. And I love how God in all of his goodness all the ways that, that he works to get us seeking after him. And so we read this story in uh, Luke chapter two and, and, and some of you, you just disconnected from the very beginning because you go, man, I don't believe in angels. I've never seen an angel. And the whole purpose of the angel in the story is, is, is God is using these angels to move the shepherds into this place of his seeking so they can experience God themselves. 
And they go, I have no idea that your, your story. I have no idea the, 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 the people that God is using to invite you to experience God. Maybe you have a neighbor that just keeps inviting you to church or maybe it's your son or your daughter or maybe it's your mom or your dad or your uncle and every time you see them, all they can do is talk about Jesus and all, every time you see them, they're inviting you to church and I go, God is, is using people to invite you into this amazing quest to experience God. Some of you are having dreams. Some of you are encountering angels. God uses every means that he has in his tool belt to get us searching so that we can experience Jesus. I invite you this Christmas season. I invite you to have the courage over the next few days to go, how is God inviting me to know Christ? Who are the people in your life? What are the experiences that you had? Who are, what is going on around you that God is inviting you to see that Christ is real? This is a drama. This is the declaration that Christ has come to save us. The third piece that we see in this story is the great discovery. So look with me in verse 15. So when the angels had left the shepherds and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Verse 16. So they hurried off and listened to this and they found Mary and they found Joseph and they found the baby Jesus who was lying in the major. And I love the second part of verse 20. And all this was just as they had been told. That word found in the Greek, it means to discover while searching. And it's this beautiful truth that just jumps out at us in the scriptures that when we set out to look for Christ, when you and I decide to, that, that we want to discover if he is real, you discover that everything that God said about Christ is true. I don't know if you've ever had one of these moments before I was talking to Larkin on Thursday and he said, you ever had one of these moments where someone just built up something so much? Maybe it was a trip or a vacation or a girl or whatever it was. And he said, or maybe it's a movie. And he said, and, and, you, and you experience it, you go on the trip and it just doesn't live up to the hype. That was like Napoleon Dynamite for me. Like everyone around me was like, you gotta see this movie. It's the most funny movie in the world. And so I went with such high expectations and it just was a terrible movie. And no offense if you wrote it. Um, And I go, man, there's like this skepticism about Jesus. It just hovers over the Christmas season. And we go, man, there's, there's no way that everything that God said about Jesus is actually true. And I go, man, the great truth that the scripture helps us see is that when you and I set out to discover Christ, you discover him, you discover everything that God said about him is true. You discover that Jesus is actually real, that Jesus is actually alive, that Jesus actually hears you when you pray that Jesus is still powerful to heal sick people, that Jesus works through sinful people like us. We have this uh, encounter as you discover Jesus, that you see that, that in Jesus there is life. You see that in Jesus there's forgiveness. You see that in Jesus there is hope. You see that in Jesus there's mercy. You see that in Jesus there's purpose. You see that in Jesus is where every one of us, we were made to live in this amazing relationship with the God of the universe. That's where you and I were created to live. So what do we do with this story? We come to this place in all different places in our spiritual journeys. For some of us, I think this Christmas season, the invitation is for you to discover Jesus for the very first time. To discover for yourself that Jesus really is God, that he really is alive. 
And some of you guys are going to go home. You're going to eat lunch today. You're going to go about your week. You're going to be sitting at your office on Tuesday morning and you're going, man, I've shipwrecked my life. There's no way that God could forgive me or that God could love me. And the Christmas story is this incredible truth that God has not given up on you or forgotten about you, but that he has come for you. And I love in this story, the shepherds, you know, shepherds in their society were the most despised and outcasted people around. And who are the very first people that God goes to to personally invite to come up to the hospital to see Jesus? Shepherds. You've not done too much or gone too far for God to save you, for you to know God. I invite some of you this Christmas season to discover the realness of Jesus. See his heart, come to know him. For some of you in this Christmas season, I invite you to rediscover Jesus. So maybe you gave your life to him a long time ago, but you just look at the past months or years of your life and you go, man, I haven't been following him. I've lost my passion for the Lord. I've lost my passion for the loss. I don't care about living for Jesus. And I go, man, rediscover who Jesus is this Christmas season. I love that the angel shows up and says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. He's not just talking about one little group of people. He's talking about for every person that will ever live. And I go, if you're looking at your life as you evaluate your life and you go, man, I don't have joy right now. I'm not experiencing the goodness of Jesus. What you need to know is that there is more of God for you that there's more of Jesus for you to know. I invite you this Christmas season to rediscover the fullness of who Jesus Christ really is. For the rest of us, I invite you this Christmas season to keep praising, to keep declaring Jesus. I love in verse 17, it says, when they had seen him, when they had seen Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said. Go down to verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. One of my favorite stories, Court and I had been kind of intrigued by this, this Christmas season, is that there are uh, two or three different instances kind of all along the east coast of America where men or women, they have been going into Walmart or Toys R Us's and they've been paying off everything that's been laid away. And so literally we were watching it the other day. There's this uh, Toys R Us, I think it's up in Boston or something. And there were $65,000 worth of gifts set aside that parents were like working hard to come and pay off. And someone walked in one day and paid off every one of the gifts. Same thing happened down in Florida, $55,000, another place on the East Coast, 50,000. And I was just thinking about, can you imagine getting to be the employee that showed up to work at Walmart one day and someone walks in and says, hey, uh, I wanna buy every gift that's on layaway. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> like, can you imagine the, the, what that employee, like to get to look at generosity face to face? Like the thought that a person will be sitting at home in their recliner and they go, man, today I want to do something incredibly generous. And so I'm going to go and I'm going to pay off all these people's Christmas gifts so that they can give their kids what they want for Christmas. Can you imagine the generosity? Can you imagine what it was like to have been the employee to, to, to get to deliver this incredible news? As these people who've been working hard to save, these people who've been working hard to buy these gifts, they show up and they realize that what they'd been working so hard to earn had been freely given to them. Can you imagine can you imagine being the parent and you picked up an extra job just so you could buy your kid the, the latest Ninja Turtle? <laughs> and you realize that someone else had already paid for it. 
But it's an amazing story. I wonder if the employee will ever get tired of telling people about this great moment when they got to facilitate the blessing of what someone else had done for someone else. And I go, for those of us who, who know Jesus, who've discovered Jesus, that, that we know that he's real, we know that he's good, we know that he hears us, that he loves us, that he's forgiven us. For those of us who know him, declare Jesus this Christmas season. Like, just share him. I don't know your families. I don't know the, the dynamic of your friend group and what Christmas is gonna be like, man, but don't be timid to talk about what Jesus has done and what he's doing. I love it. It says all the shepherds did was talk about what they had seen him do. And all the people were amazed. I go, man, I encourage you this Christmas season to share Jesus. Share Jesus. Share Jesus. Declare Jesus. Declare Jesus. Talk about what he's done. Here in just a minute, we're going to take communion. And I want to encourage you as we take communion this morning to, to gather with the people that you came with. And to share with them where you find yourself in this story. Do you need to discover Jesus for the first time? Have you lost your passion? Do you need to rediscover him? Do you just simply need to declare him this season? And as we take communion, man, let's be honest and let's share. And wherever we are, wherever we find ourselves, may God, his rich mercy and love move us to be like these shepherds that experience him and leave declaring and praising him. I want to pray for us.